American soccer fans, welcome to episode 62 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Donald Wine here, manager of Stars and Stripes FC, your source for all things U.S. national teams, the players that comprise them, and everything else surrounding the game of soccer in America. We have a roster for the U.S. men's national team. Of course, they have qualifiers coming up beginning next Thursday in Austin, where they will play Jamaica. They then travel to Panama to face the Canaleros on October 10th. And finally, they come back to Columbus to finish out the window with a home match against Costa Rica on October 13th. There's also the roadblock of the United Kingdom's COVID red list of countries. Panama resides on that list, which means that any player who plays in England and travels to Panama is required to quarantine for 10 days upon the return, regardless of vaccination status. So for some of these players on this roster, we will not have them available for Panama. So Greg Berhalter, what he did for this World Cup qualifying cycle, or at least for this window, is brought in 27 guys. So let's go through the roster and analyze some of these choices. We begin with the goalkeepers. We have Sean Johnson, Zach Steffen, and Matt Turner. No Ethan Horvath here. The interesting thing about Ethan Horvath that some have said is it's partially probably due to the fact that England does have a COVID red block red list in place. And because he's a backup, he wouldn't be able to travel to Panama, nor would Zach Steffen, which would leave one goalkeeper for that match. He could have brought in Sean Johnson. Burhalter could have, as he did when Zach Steffen got COVID earlier this month. Sean Johnson's on this roster anyway. So probably it has something to do with that. And it may have just been logistically easier to call in Sean Johnson for the entire window rather than calling Ethan Horvath for just a game or two. For the Fenders, we have George Bellow, John Brooks, Serginho Dest, Mark McKenzie, Shaq Moore, Tim Ream, Chris Richards, Anthony Robinson, Miles Robinson, and DeAndre Yedlin. So there's a couple of guys in here that are you know, returnees, as you will. Shaq Moore is back on the national team. Chris Richards is back on the national team. Both of them uh, had to get a little, you know, some things sorted with their club situations. Chris Richards is now with Hoffenheim. So we now have a, a steady Chris Richards coming in who's been playing very well. Anthony Robinson, Miles Robinson, DeAndre Yedlin, uh, guys that we have seen uh, last month and also this month. John Brooks was one that a lot of people uh, questioned whether or not he would get called in uh, due to the fact that he really had a pretty bad window the last time in September and has not played that well for Wolfsburg, but he is also in this lineup. Uh, There's a couple of people in here that we'll talk about later that are not on this roster. We'll get into some of the smaller uh, details with some of those players in a little bit. For midfielders, we have Kellen Acosta, Tyler Adams, Gianluca Busio, who is back on the team, Luca De La Torre, who returns to the national team after about a sixth or seventh month hiatus. Sebastian Legette, Weston McKinney, he is back. Yunus Musa is back, as well as Christian Roldan. So the biggest story here, of course, is Weston McKinney returning to the team. There are some who think he might be back a little early, but it, for all intents and purposes, we knew that Weston McKinney was going to be on this roster. It seems like after the incident that happened last month where he was removed from the national team due to repeated violations of team protocol that him and Greg Berhalter had hashed out what that issue was, that everything was under the bridge, that he had learned his lesson and that he'd be welcomed back to the national team. So it is no surprise to me to see Weston McKinney on this list. Yunus Musa, who was not on the team before Gene Luca Busio, Luca De La Torre, all of those are new additions from this last window. 
Uh, Busio, if you recall, didn't have the best gold cup. A lot of people are talking about him physically. He has gone to Venezia and has really worked on that and has played very, very well, not just as a defensive midfielder, but also from set pieces. He's had some great set piece offense. And because of that, he finds himself back in the national team. And Yunus Musa, who was just injured, uh, is now back after uh, that lengthy absence. And your forwards, Brendan Aronson, Paul Areola, Matthew Hoppe, Ricardo Pepe, Tim Weah, and Giassi Zarda. So from that core, we'll start with this. There's no Christian Pulisic. There's no Gio Reyna, both due to injury. And I think they're, obviously, we were hoping that they would be back in time, but Gio Reyna was a little bit further off than Christian was. And I think Christian just misses the cut. Is there a chance he gets called in for that game against Costa Rica? Mm, maybe. Uh, it's obviously an open possibility if he's fit, but my guess is they try to hold him out for this window to make sure that he's fully healthy, not just for Chelsea, but for the national team when we really need him in the next window in November. There are also some other omissions. Jordan Pifok and Josh Sargent are not on this list. Ethan Horvath, Conrad De La Fuente, none of those guys make the cut. Uh, we talked about Ethan Horvath before. Jordan Pifok and, and Josh Sargent and Conrad it's unclear as to why they are not on this roster, but those guys from last month do not make the roster this month. You also see the return of a couple of players from injury. Paul Ariola is back. Tim Way is back. Giassi Zardes is back. Luca De La Torre, Matthew Hoppe, Shaq Moore, Eunice Musa, Chris Richards, and Gianluca Busio. Again, all of them find their way onto this roster. So I'm looking at what I think is a pretty solid roster for the most part. Would I have a few other guys on here? Sure. But I don't think there's a lot of criticism over the players that were included. And with a 27-man roster, it seems like we have a size that Burhalter thinks he can properly manage. So any guy that you think should have been called in, you probably have to start talking about guys that you would need to be excluded. And if you remember, like I mentioned, Christian Pulisic, Gio Reyna, if they're healthy and Horvath or Sargent or Pfuck are selected for various reasons, some of these players that we mentioned on this list would not be there. So. That's the game. But with three matches coming up, we're going to need all these guys at their best to get the maximum amount of points and stay in the top three. So that is your roster. We're going to take a break. But when we come back, I'm going to pay tribute to a young boy who inspired so many of us in the soccer community. Stay tuned. We are back, and before we get out of here, I know I just wanted to talk about the roster, but I do want to take a few minutes to talk about someone who I was extremely close with, a young boy who inspired literally everyone he met. And you'll forgive me if I become emotional while I say this, so please bear with me. There are many of you who listen to this podcast who have heard the story or have met Martin Hushka, a special boy who was born with a rare brain congenital disorder. He was diagnosed with this disorder which was unknown at the time, back in 2014 when he was six months old. And at the time, his parents, Robert and Amy, were told that they had less than a year left with their son. They later found out that Martin had a neurodegenerative disorder that affected just 14 people worldwide. 14. And almost all of them did not make it to see their second birthday. 
But this is where, for those of you who don't know Martin, I tell you the story of the strongest kid I've ever met. Martin, despite all the odds, just kept fighting. There were definite ups and downs and many times where his parents, two people who mean the absolute world to me, thought they were going to lose him. But he bounced back every single time. And in his time, he inspired everyone he met. And I mean everyone. If you were lucky enough to meet him at a tailgate or to be friends with Robert and Amy and see their social media, you knew the true meaning of love because his smile and his laughs could literally melt the internet. And he did that on several occasions. He taught us the true meaning of resilience and strength. The, the strength that this kid had it is, was simply incredible. And, and his parents, Robert and Amy, they... They gave us selflessness. They could have been well within their right to hunker down at home when they found out Martin's diagnosis, and they could have lived out the rest of his days as a family, away from the public eye. But as Robert so eloquently said in Martin's eulogy early this week, they decided to show him the world. They decided to fill his world with love, and he did that through soccer. Martin had more stamps in his passport than most Americans do as his parents took him to soccer games all around the world. And he became an incredibly huge part of this American soccer family. In every match that he attended, he stole the hearts of all that he came across. Martin Henry Hushka passed away early Thursday morning. He was seven years old, and he lived seven years longer than most doctors thought he would, but still seven, two short years. And his passing is truly tragic to me because he was robbed of the opportunity to live a long life. But Martin lived a full life, fuller than any of us could ever imagine for ourselves, because he was able to teach us and reteach us those things through his presence, strength, resiliency, selflessness, and above all, love. My heart breaks for my friends, Robert and Amy, but I thank them for sharing Martin's story with us and allowing us to be a part of his life so that we could not only share our love with him, but we could feel the love that they had for him. They didn't have to do that, but it shows you just how incredible they are. And if any of you know the Hushkas, you know how incredible they are. You know that there are not enough words in the English language to define their generosity and their selflessness. They are the best parents. They are truly the best people, particularly Amy for her dedication to fighting a healthcare system that at every turn tried to deny Martin the basic care that he needed. But Amy wouldn't allow that. And she fought for everything. She thought she needed to give Martin that full life that he lived. But at Martin's service, and I'll close with this, Robert thanked all of us who knew Martin for making his life special. I honestly think that's backwards. I think Martin for making our lives special. It was the truest gift to know him and to be called his Uncle Donald. And I'm going to miss those smiles, those laughs, and that unquestioned love that we shared with each other. If you want to honor Martin's life, you can do so with a donation to Angela Hospice, Gilda's Club of Metro Detroit, or Rainbow Connection. Links will be provided in the show notes and in the article that we have for this episode. But I do want to send special love to all of Martin's family and close friends and everyone that he inspired. The world's sunlight is a bit dimmer today but he's with us always. And I know he will watch over his parents and continue to bring inspiration to a world that desperately needs it. 
I'll love you forever, Martin. My main man, my sweet boy, my hero. I leave you with Martin's favorite song to play us out. Thank you for blessing me with your friendship. Keep chasing those rainbows, buddy, and I can't wait to hear about it in my dreams. That will do it for episode 62 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. We will talk to you next time. Rest in peace, Martin. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the other side? Rainbows are visions, but only illusions. And rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been told, and some choose to believe it. I know they're wrong, wait and see. Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and me.